Welcome to episode 28 of the Worship is Life podcast, where worship equals relationship and relationship is the purpose of life. I'm your producer, Taylor Marshall, and today's guest is Rafael Ruggiero, and here is your host, Todd Marshall. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah, so excited about this interview today. It's going to be a good one. Yep. Uh, before we get there, just want to give a couple updates. Uh, Taylor, go ahead. Couple big updates. Uh, I just released a song just this last week. It's called What Kind of Man? It's um, a Christmas tune, kind of. Uh, it's a Christmas worship song is what I like to call it. But um, I've been kind of intentional with some of these um, these you know holiday-themed worship tunes that they're also usable year round. So it's really exciting because it's got a couple lyrics in there that are a little Christmassy, but I'm planning on leading it all year round, which is exciting. Same thing happened with my song, Took My Place. was kind of an Easter worship song release, but we've been doing it all year round in summer festivals and it's just been really cool dynamic. Um, So that's really exciting. That uh, that came out, um, yeah, October 28th, I think it came out. And uh, the end of November here, I've got a Christmas pop tune, my first original Christmas pop tune coming out, which is cool. And as you're listening to Christmas music, I'll be posting about uh, I might even put these in some of the descriptions of this podcast, my uh, my Christmas playlist, um, and that's just classic Christmas music, but it's got all my Christmas releases that go on there. So I released a cover two years ago of the Christmas song, and and I'm kind of doing kind of like a Christmas song a year and making this like small portfolio of Taylor Marshall Christmas music. But anyways. Yeah. It's crazy for us because I was, for so long, I was so used to hearing these songs. Right come to life in our home yeah and now that yeah. you got your own pad <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i don't hear it till it, it gets released it gets released <laughs> it's so crazy i know yeah you haven't heard uh, which is probably it's just a different type of experience the the creation process versus yeah, here's the yeah, finished product yeah we miss that a little bit yeah 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 but uh well, An- we like the emptiness too. yeah exactly yeah. another really fun update is i just got back last night from a four-day tour we did 17 shows in four days on the road um, with an organization called Youth Alive, and we were in public schools all over northern Minnesota, and yeah. we bring a motivational speaker uh, who's got a crazy story, and I get to do music with Goose the Drummer, who we had on our last episode, just yep. the two of us, and it was it was a wild ride. Um, we I think... I, I don't know the exact number, but I think it was between six and 8,000 students we played in front of this week, which is crazy. So it was a good time. Yeah, that's awesome. And we've got some crazy Pakistan updates. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it seems so, it is so surreal yeah, to I even can't, say these words, but really, our school and orphanage in Pakistan is open. Woo! We have 20 orphans living in there and over 100 Man. students going to this school. Uh, in these two villages, and it's just it's just been a wild ride, and so amazing to touch this little uh, corner of the world in this way, which actually ties into a lot of what we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. today with our guest and his movie it and does, just yeah. orphans and mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be so awesome. We've been giving updates about fundraising on this podcast for months. When what was the timeline of starting to fundraise for that? Do you remember how long ago that was? Well, we were there a year ago, May. The property uh-huh. had to be closed by August thirty first. So that summer, we raised the thirty thousand for that. Last summer, like of twenty twenty one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes, yes, it would have been. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's a pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> and then in the next six months, another thirty thousand to build the building. Yeah, and then Jeez since Louise. then, sending funds for beds you know beds, painting the classrooms, 
Um, it's so crazy. Right now, we just sent money for so solar crazy. panels because they want to do solar energy because uh, electricity just comes and goes there all the time. And, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just, and now, obviously, they just need continued support. Right, support to make to it happen. Keep, to make and it what's happen. crazy is, I mean, we, all these people that, you know, lots of listeners have donated and made it happen. And now we're getting pictures that you're sending out and emails and stuff of, of the active orphanage. And we were standing on the property completely yep. vacant. Yep. And it was... Yeah, it was not that long ago. <laughs> not that long ago. So, anyways, and yet it feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, and you can go back and listen to our Pakistan episodes. Yeah, which were some of the still one of the craziest and most scary things that I've ever been through in my entire life. Yeah, when we were trying to get out of there, yep. we had to basically flee the country in a in a way. Yeah, another just a quick kind of cool update where our ministry is doing the first ever open house, yes. Worship's Life open house That's in be great. our home, December 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gathering all of our supporters that live in the Twin Cities under the same roof and just thanking them and giving them updates of this year and vision for next year. And we'll be sending that out to all our supporters and a yep. little a little recap video stuff. And uh, so, yeah. It's so going to be really great. Cool. Lots of updates today. Well, we're going to, uh, I'm about to invite our guest into this conversation. Yeah. And this is a good friend of mine. His name is Raphael. Uh, and he is actually um, the lead actor in the new Kendrick Brothers movie, Life Mark. So welcome to the Worship is Life podcast, Raphael. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Glad to have you here, bro. Oh, dude, I'm honored to be here. For real. It's fun to have a great friend in the room. Uh, Just watching Um, watching the banter back and forth is the most entertaining thing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I'm honored to be here. Thank you It's good to have you, man. Um, We're honored to have you. What a crazy story we're going to get into. Um, I mean, you're... Yeah, lead actor in a movie and lots yeah. of movies that we should talk about that are happening. I even just saw one of your recent movies that's available on Amazon and stuff yeah. like that. We'll get to that soon. But but you and I um, have become great friends and mm-hmm. I super appreciate you and your friendship. Yeah, and um, and we met at a at a just like a Chipotle yeah. after church. We you know, we often attend um, the same church and and we met kind of mutual friends and mm-hmm. um, actually Stephen Witt who I wrote What Kind of Man With kind mm-hmm. of a plug for Stephen Witt mm-hmm. and he kind of introduced us we were just all at the same table and I'm like dude so what's your deal what are you passionate about what do you do and you're like I'm an actor. I was like, what? What do you mean you're an actor? I was like, have you been in movies? You're like, yeah, actually just three filmed three this year. I'm like, hello, can we, can I, what does that mean? And, and then we connected over Jim Carrey Yeah. because yeah. I had started, I had just like this year where I was like watching a bunch of Jim Carrey stuff was so fascinated right. by him. Like he's just such an, and you, you like Jim Carrey, right? Like we met up because of Jim. Carrey, we actually basically. met up. We got coffee because of Jim, Jim Carrey. Because right. I was like, oh, I mean, you have any inspirations? I think you might have said Jim Carrey. Yep. And then I was like, dude, yep. time out. Truman Show, yeah. all this yeah. different stuff. Okay, now we have to tag him in this. In yeah, this yeah, interview. yeah. At Jim Carrey, if you're listening and we know you are, um, we're, <laughs> we're inspired by you. Anyways, uh, yeah, bro. So um, tell us a little bit about where you're from and about your mm. family. Yeah, so I'm I'm from the Twin Cities originally. I was yeah. born and raised here in St. Paul. Um, I kind of have this joke uh, that I tell my close friends that I, I, I move around uh, every two to three years. I don't stay in oh, one sure. spot longer yeah. than two to three years. And so I've lived all over the, the Twin Cities metro. And there's one point where we lived in, um, uh, we lived in L.A., close to L.A. and oh, Claremont. Wow. Um, but yeah, I've, I've lived in Minnesota almost all my life, um, crazy under, uh, two wonderful loving parents who are, 
uh, in a ministry right now called Wide Awake, which focuses on uh, healing from childhood trauma, which is, wow. cool. it's really, really cool to see what they do in their mm-hmm. ministry. And, and they're actually down in South Carolina now. They're not in Minnesota anymore. That's right. They just moved out to They Lingo. just moved, uh-huh. yeah. But cool. uh, they're they're still uh, leaving a great impact down south. And uh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. And we lived not too far from each other for a, for a while there when... Mm. Um, when I lived with my parents and you lived with your parents, yeah. we were we were close, and oh, that was yeah. part of what like the wait a second, you live near me, we should hang out, right. and we start hanging out, exactly. and and it's really fun to get to know each other before we like saw each other's work. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I it was seen incredible. You, you didn't really know my music, no, and we yeah. just became buds, and then I'm like, what the heck? You're well, like that, a- that was the cool thing is that I don't think it was like. I'm drawn to this person specifically because of what they Absolutely. do. It was like, oh my yeah. gosh, there's something about this person. Yeah. There's like a, a depth that I wanted to explore. Yeah. And then we just found out, oh, this person's an artist as well. Yeah. Holy Hannah. We let's just get hit to it off. Such a good time. Yeah. So cool. Um, okay. So I think we should, I think we should talk about um, the fact when we met, you had already filmed for Lifemark, right? I mean, right. that was already done. Yep. And you guys filmed in Georgia. We filmed in Columbus, Georgia. Filmed in Columbus, Georgia. So, yeah. so I remember um, just kind of like, wait a second, this is like a big deal, and you're being humble about it, but I want to know more of the story. <laughs> we got lunch, and I think we got Panda actually, Panda which I'm kind of craving right now. And <laughs> you, Not and sponsored. you told me the story, and I don't want to tell it for you, but basically, um, tell. I, I'm just gonna have you tell it. Tell us the story of like that moment where you're sitting there and the motion you were having and then what you decided to do to start looking for how the, how you want to tell us that story about just looking for yeah. roles. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was, it was during COVID I was in school. Um, and I, I loved the, what I was studying, which was, it was for a visual communications technology degree. Um, so I could really use that for anything. Mm-hmm. If it was for film or videography or, whatever job that would pertain to, you know, film the twin cities. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was studying at the time. But the more that I would be doing those classes and stuff, I just kept on realizing that there was something kind of missing in my life. And, and what I didn't realize is that it was, it was acting. Mm. Um, and I had, you know, I've been acting since I was, you know, 10 years old and right. I was doing like community theater mm-hmm. plays and, which slowly that became doing professional theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was doing work with Eagle Brook mm-hmm. and, and I, I produced like short films of my own and I'd done like, uh, e- helped out with college film projects. And can you touch on what the Eagle Brook thing is? Cause I don't think everyone knows about yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah. super cool. Yeah. So basically, uh, Eagle Brook church, they produce a kids mini series that is broadcasted to every single Eagle Brook church campus. And there's about 10 to 11 campuses mm-hmm. all over Minnesota. I think there's, there's even more being developed as we speak yeah, right now. Like one I think, down the road from this, my house. Yeah, uh-huh. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so that, yeah, the show would broadcast to all those, um, all the churches and it reaches like, like something like 6,000 kids every mm-hmm. single weekend. Super and cool. I remember when I was doing the source, which was when I was like still in high school, um, we did two seasons of that. Um, I, so it was a two year contract. Um, and I remember, uh, it, uh, yeah, we did two years, two years of that show. Um, and we saw like over a thousand kids come to Christ wow. just with, it's amazing. W- within those two years, mm-hmm. there was over a thousand kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this year I'm actually doing it again uh, with the same people. So cool. Um, I mean, I remember watching some of those when we met. I was like wanting to see some of your work. I watched some of those. I yeah. was like, this feels like I'm watching, like turning on Nickelodeon or Disney right. Channel. It's like a, yeah. like young, you know, teenagers walking through life, going through things, but faith-based. And right. it's just so well done. So it's cool yeah. that you've got to be. But anyways, moving on with your story. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I was in school, but I felt like there was something kind of missing. And so I realized that it was acting, mm-hmm. which at the time I kind of put that on the shelf and just focused on filmmaking in mm-hmm. school and stuff. Um, because since COVID, everything was shut down. I couldn't do theater. There was right. a whole lot of like acting opportunities open. And yep. so um, I, I actually had a role that I was in that was canceled because of COVID. Oh, man. So I wasn't able to do it. Yeah. It never even happened. Hmm. Um, and so I was just left focusing on school and I just found myself not being passionate about it and I wasn't really excited. Um, and so I was like, you know, I can still do this while also still building my portfolio for mm-hmm. acting. Like, cause at the time I was kind of like, you know, maybe I'll just study film right now. And then when I'm in my late twenties, early thirties, I can pick up acting mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but something in me kind of clicked and I was like, no, I think, I think this is the time. I don't know what it is, but I feel like now is the time that I need to start doing it. Even if it's just being in a Domino's commercial, mm-hmm. you know, or like, yeah, like exactly. an ad for Whatever like you can get. Subway. Yes. <laughs> for real. Just something that could help build the portfolio a little mm-hmm. bit. So I remember sitting down in front of the computer and just being like, yeah, I'm not going to leave this computer until I find one gig that's yeah, going to help boost, yeah, boost yeah. this portfolio. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking and I'm sending emails and I'm looking up casting calls. And in the past I had seen casting calls that weren't legit and it was, mm-hmm. it was, and sometimes they are most definitely scams that, yeah, you know, they look for your money and then, then you don't get any work at right. all. They're just looking for a, you know, a, a quick uh, stash of cash. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of like, oh, I hope all these aren't scams. Cause like if I do find something that looks legit, it has to be too, you know, it's too good to be true. Right. There's no way that this could be real. Um, That's so, so tough. Yeah. And so I'm just looking, I'm looking, I'm not finding anything. No one's emailing me back. And over time I'm just kind of like, man, is this even worth it? Am I, is this just kind of like a, a dream of mine that, you know, maybe is it's too soon mm-hmm. to be chasing after it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I almost gave up, but then I, I saw this, there was one more option and it was this site called Twin Cities Casting. And they are connected to um, Casting Calls America, which is an actual accredited casting site. Mm. And I looked them up. They're they're legit. They actually mm. give people roles. You know, they they you know give people audition slots. I'm like, okay, so this actually look this looks legit. Uh, I'm gonna take a look at it mm-hmm. and see for myself. And so I'm scrolling on the page, and it says Twin Cities Casting, but all the roles are like not my for my type at all. Oh, it's like sure. 20 to 30 year old blonde female, sure, you, know, yeah. you know, 50 year old black male. I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure none of these are going <laughs> to work for me. So I'm scrolling. And as I'm scrolling, like the jobs listed leave the state. So it's not even like in Minnesota anymore. I'm like, mm. well, I'm, I'm kind of looking for something so I can hop in my, you know, broken down car right. and go, <laughs> go do it. Go yeah, shoot yeah. it. Right. Um, and so I'm seeing like, I don't have money to, you know, fly out to these places or drive there. Um, and I'm like, man, this is ridiculous. And then I scroll to the very, very bottom, just just for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. And it says, new Kendrick Brothers film, Columbus, Georgia, Lifemark. Mm. And I'm like, oh my goodness, the Kendrick Brothers are making a new film. I've been yeah. a fan of them since for Facing real. the Giants, you know, back oh, in 2006. Yeah. Big movies. And um, I, I click on it just, just to... Just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. and the character description that they're looking for matched my profile perfectly. Wow! It was like like to a T. It was like wow. brown hair, athletic build, Caucasian. Wow! And I was kind of like, if I don't submit something, it would be a crime. So yeah, I was right. like, no, I have to like, just, yeah, yeah. I have to just submit something for yeah. this. And um, so I remember I submitted an audition video, and <laughs> what's funny is that I knew nothing about the film at all. I didn't know that it was 
based on true story that it was mm-hmm. pro-adoption, had mm-hmm. elements of pro-life in it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it. And so when I read the lines, I kind of created my own character, not oh, knowing wow. that it was based on someone's actual story. Oh, funny. And uh, <laughs> I channeled the same energy from when I was doing The Source, which is I, I was playing yeah. a Jim Carrey kind of character. Kind of you were, exactly. And so I was kind of taking that energy into this <laughs> character, which is... Of it's literally polar opposites. Yeah, right. <laughs> so of what they were looking of for. Of what they were looking yeah, for. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so I submitted it, and the casting director, her name is Beverly Holloway, who is a powerhouse mm-hmm. of a of a person in the the Christian film community. She's mm-hmm. a casting director. Um, she responded, I think, a day or two later, and she was like, "So, we took a look at your uh your your self tape and your resume. We see that you've done a lot of." Uh, plays and musicals and, and stage performances and stuff and haven't had as much um, exposure to film and TV. Um, and I, she was alluding to the fact that my performance was more <laughs> Jim Carrey-esque and it was not <laughs> the performance they were looking yeah, for. Yeah, right. Um, but what was crazy is that she goes, here's the thing, we want to give you one more shot. We cool. want to see if you wow. can watch the documentary and pick up the mannerisms of David, the main character mm. who the, the documentary is based on. And that documentary is called I Lived on Parker Avenue. Mm-hmm. And see if you can kind of um, take some of his energy and apply it to your your audition, which you should mm. resubmit. Mm. And so I'm like, shoot, okay. Which is super rare of casting directors because when you're a casting director, you're looking at multiple people at, yeah. at a time. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're taking you know your, your jolly time and watching one person for you right know, 15 it's like minutes. a song producer listening to three seconds of a song <laughs> and moving on to the next exactly. one sure. that's exactly what's happening you know i've been around uh, good friends of mine who are casting directors and they'll look at a clip for like maybe 10 seconds and then they're moving on yep. yeah maybe 10 seconds and that's pushing it too so the fact that this person not only watched it and watched it through and then responded and wanted me to resubmit saw potential in you is huge and it's one and that right there is one of the biggest honors like even if i didn't advance from that point it was still an honor knowing that this person who is a huge influence in the industry yeah stopped wasn't she involved in the chosen she's involved in the chosen she's the one of the main casting directors of the chosen wow that's Um, cool stopped and said yes i want you to resubmit which i was like wow praise god Mm mm-hmm um, and also like, dang, I wish I would have, you know, did it right the first time, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I watched the documentary, um, and, with my dad actually. And I remember us just by the time that the end credits are kind of coming up on the screen, there's like a single tear rolling down both of our face cause mm. it was so moving and mm. impactful. And I remember at that point it stopped being about kind of like, Oh, how can I, you know, grow my portfolio and it became, how can I meet these people that made this documentary and just thank them for Mm. the position that they took in, uh, standing for those who can't speak and for, um, shedding light on this beautiful story, which is adoption. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I studied David, uh, the main character that the documentary is based on. And I, one thing that a lot of people know about me, people that are close to me, is that I'm a huge fan of like doing impressions. Mm-hmm. And so I'll do impressions of like, uh, of uh, I'll do cartoon characters and celebrities and mm-hmm. musicians and uh, sometimes musicians named Taylor Marshall. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, but yeah, I love doing impressions, and it it made that helped doing resubmitting the audition. It, it helped resubmitting the audition. Uh, make it a lot easier just because I was able to 
um, just study his mannerisms and how he would respond to um, certain situations and then just apply that into my acting. Mm-hmm. Um, so did all that, resubmitted to Bev Holloway, and she responded within a couple minutes, which was like, whoa. Wow. She was like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, like, wow. Oh, okay. She was doing her job. Yeah, no, she was. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day, she was like, uh, through email, she emailed me and was like, hey, um, we actually would like to do a callback with you and the directors and some of the producers of the project. Wow. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. I <laughs> got serious real and, quick. And on, uh, on Twin Cities casting, it said that the producers, um, one of the producers was Kirk Cameron. So right. I was yeah. like, that's so, a big deal. Yeah. So I was like, so I might be on this. <laughs> yeah. Like, could the, you tell me who's going to be on this, this video, video call, call with Kirk Cameron? So she didn't tell me, she didn't tell me who was going to be on there. She just said, oh yeah, just some like the executive team. And I'm like, okay. So, I mean, who knows who that could be? <laughs> yeah. And I remember I'm like, <laughs> I remember when the day came, I was sitting there nervously. There was just like the biggest sweat stain <laughs> under my arm. Like it was huge. And I remember I had like water and I had my, my <laughs> it's like, how do I prep for this video? Chat? Yeah. No, you don't prep. Yeah, That's you the don't thing. Prep. You don't, there's no prepping for this. And so I remember just sitting there and being like, okay, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Um, and then, uh, all of them popped on my screen at the same time. Mm. And it was the Kendrick brothers, Kirk Cameron, mm. Kevin Peoples, the director, Bev Holloway. <laughs> and I remember just standing there, just like my jaw was screenshot, just kind of, screenshot. Yeah. screenshot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, could we take a selfie? Take quick? <laughs> I thought of it, but I didn't uh, want to be weird. Yeah, right, right, right. No, Good um, move. Uh, but yeah, I remember I was like composing myself, but inside I was like screaming because like, mm-hmm. yeah, these are people that I grew up with. These are people that I looked up to in the industry. Big and time. I remember seeing War Room when I was 13 hmm. and when that came out back in 2015. That's a great movie. And I bawled my eyes out mm-hmm. you yeah. know, at 13. Mm-hmm. And no movie has ever made me like cry that much, but mm-hmm. it was just super impactful and just its message on prayer and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and I even told them that. I said, you know, even if I don't see you guys again or whatever, mm-hmm. I just want to thank you guys for what you do in the industry mm-hmm. and making an impact. Um, and the callback went super well. Um, the person that I read with was super fun to read with. And I was actually able to, you know, show more emotion in mm. the audition, which I didn't think I was going to be able to do, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, that went well. And then the next day they want me to do a chemistry read with some of the people already cast in the project. Cool. And so I'm like, Oh my gosh, like we're, we keep doing this. And, and so, that's another video call or what? So that's another okay. video audition. Exactly. And that was through zoom. Okay. And so overall we had about four auditions so i had four auditions mm-hmm. for the role and then after that uh alex and steven they called me personally just to kind of like ask about uh my intentions behind the industry and i remember mm-hmm. some of their first questions were it wasn't like you know what do you think god is leading you to do uh, in the industry or what mm-hmm. what is your passions it was literally like um do you have any past with drugs and alcohol and pornography and wow. tell us about that i'm like whoa wow we're getting into this aren't we <laughs> wow. and actually didn't really talk about this in any other past interviews yeah. um but it was just kind of like yeah I, I opened up about just kind of stuff in the yeah, past and stuff sure. that I, obviously that we all kind of yep. deal with and mm-hmm. i said that uh you know the, the lord has really been moving in my heart and uh, convicting me in so many different areas and stuff and even mm-hmm. if there's areas that there are struggles mm-hmm. like i know that there's that conviction where it's like, you know, I don't want to keep going back to things of the past 100%. and stuff. And so, um, but then I talked to them about, you know, what my intentions were if I were to be in the industry. And I told them my, my intentions aren't to be the next Tom Cruise or Brad mm-hmm. Pitt or Harrison Ford or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I remember Alex kind of being all like, you know, when we, 
when we started making films, you know, I always wanted to be kind of like, you know, Indiana Jones, Han Solo. Those were the mm. kind of roles that I wanted to portray. And then, you know, over time, God had other plans. And I'm like, that's exactly me. Mm. Like, that's what I want to do as well. I'm not doing this so I can, you know, gain popularity or a following. It's really about how can we create content that's going to leave a long lasting influence. Mm-hmm. And I know that you can say the same mm-hmm. Taylor that, you know, this isn't about, you know, all of us just being, you know, Christian pop stars, but it's mm-hmm. the influence that we're leaving mm. on the generations and stuff like that. Yeah, so, good. um, so, uh, that conversation, conversation went super well. They, they prayed over me and then I basically didn't hear from them because it was kind of like at that point they were deciding on, it, it was kind of down between me and uh, three other people. One of them mm. was someone in the industry already who had done a lot of mm. projects and films mm. and stuff mm. like that. Um, so I was up against like three pretty big competitors. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of like, at that point I was like, God, these are, this is in your hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's, if I'm not meant to do this, mm-hmm. then don't let me do it. Mm-hmm. I was excited. And I think that this was one of the, one of the biggest projects I had ever wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think there was a project in the past that I wanted to do so badly. Um, But I knew that it was not going to be possible unless God was number one in the situation. And I surrendered it to him and Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, And so it was in his hands and I wasn't going to push. I wasn't going to budge. And so I remember later on that day I was, uh, I was out skateboarding with my sister and I got a call and I missed it completely. And I, I, I went and I picked it up and I listened to the voicemail and I hear, Hey, Raphael, this is Kirk Cameron calling you. I'm like, Oh my God, I missed the call. That's oh, crazy. It was Kirk. And um, he's like, yeah, I just wanted to let you know your audition was great. And, uh, you know, if you can call me back, uh, that'd be, or if, no, no, no. He said, um, if you see a private number calling you, if you wouldn't mind picking it up, because that's probably me. And so I'm like, okay, because oh he's Kirk Cameron. You can't actually call him. He has to call you. Yeah, right. He's Mr. You, don't Pri- have, you don't have his, n- private his name in your phone. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, but I remember later on that night, I was <laughs> I was in the shower, and uh, my phone was on the counter. It started buzzing, and I, I peered over the curtain, and it says private id oh, and i'm like oh he's calling now <laughs> oh so gosh. i get out i wrap a towel i'm like hey hello who is this oh my god and he's like hey it's kirk cameron how's it going <laughs> and i'm like oh hey man dude broski <laughs> that's crazy actually <laughs> wow that's very cool um and he basically said the same thing and he also was like listen i i, I just want to tell you that even if you don't get the role i'm very very impressed and proud with the work that you did in this audition and mm. uh in any way I want to, I can't, he basically said any way I can, I want to be an older brother mentor to you cool. nice. and look after you in any way that I, that I can. And I was just like floored and I was like, wow, mm-hmm. this is, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so we ended the call and then later on that night, now this is where it gets interesting. So later on that night, I, I'm in my room and I get a text from Stephen Kendrick and he says, mm-hmm. Hey bro, can you hop on zoom real quick? I'm like, Okay. And so I hop on Zoom, and both Alex and Steven, they pop on, which is funny. They hop on different screens. They live, like, right next to each other, basically. (laughs) (laughs) But they're, like, they're hopping on different screens. Um, And Alex basically is talking about how, you know, they're they're very proud with the work that I submitted, and they they know that the Lord is going to use me in the entertainment field somewhere, somehow. But then he was all like, yeah, you see, we have a question for you. Um, <laughs> how would you feel playing a minor role in the film? You know, having a, f- uh, a few 
speaking lines. Mm -hmm. And without hesitation, I said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I said, any chance that I get to work with you guys would be, you know, a dream come true. And it's just a given. Like, you know, I I even said, you know, if I were the Uber Eats guy bringing pizza Mm -hmm. during lunch, Mm -hmm. like that would be a a role Mm -hmm. I would love to take Mm -hmm. just so I could be there and witness the process and watch an incredible story unfold that that would be worth it in of itself. Right. And then Alex goes, well, that's really great to hear, except that's not the case because you're actually going to be the lead role in the crazy. movie. Crazy. <laughs> oh, what a crazy thing. Oh, man. Wow. And uh, then Stephen, Kendrick's like, Stephen Kendrick goes, yeah, we're going to see you in Columbus, Georgia in five days. Oh, so. my God. <laughs> in five days? Five days. Oh, my gosh. And that was to start filming or that was like to start a season start, of... Start filming. In five days. Five days. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Here's the script. Come yeah. ready. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I had five days to kind of go over the script and kind of just get familiar with the story. And they had people on set to help with that. But yeah, that is quite the story. Wow. That is amazing. So, okay. So the the name of the young man who was adopted that this movie is all about is David. And you met him Mm -hmm. um, like more than one time. One time. What's that relationship? Yeah. Well, what was cool was that... um, the 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 way that they shot the documentary is they have you know a camera crew with his um, his birth parents and they have a camera crew with him so they kind of get both perspectives of mm. when they meet up with each other so they did the exact same thing when we met so they had a camera crew with oh, me cool. right before I met him they getting had your emotions and stuff yep. very cool so and then they would match the the footage together that's really cool mm-hmm. and, uh, and there's lots of cool dynamics if you haven't seen Life Mark yet of that thing of yeah. that exact yeah. I mean, obviously, like, movies getting emotions and setting up the characters, but it's really cool how it all comes together. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Yeah. It's so good. And even the irony of your friend in the movie documenting <laughs> yeah. everything is really cool. Yeah. Crazy. It's, it's really good. And uh, so, yeah, and actually, they have the that footage, I believe, will be on the uh, the bonus features mm. of the DVD. Don't quote me on that. But yeah. It's, cool. Uh, I believe it will be. Very it's cool. it's a featurette that's on Facebook right now, so I, I would be really surprised if it weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah we met at the sound stages uh of the production and i remember hearing that they were coming and i was just kind of like oh my goodness this is like the day that i've been waiting for Mm because i've been wanting to meet him like the moment i got there Mm -hmm. i was like i if he were the first person that i met i would be totally floored Mm -hmm. um and so i remember just seeing for the first time and we just gave each other the biggest bear hug and stuff and that's so crazy because you've been like studying him and like a deep level. Right. And he came at like the last week. And so we shot for five weeks. So he came around like week four, week five. And so oh. I knew this person before he kind of really knew me. And it's yeah, like, exactly. I kind of felt like I was going up to him and be like, I know everything about yeah, you. Right. Yeah, right. Your mannerisms, your emotions. <laughs> <Yeah>. your <laughs> it's kind of weird. Creeper. Yeah. Um, Crazy, right? Yeah. No, huh. he's super duper cool and super chill, super down to earth. And it just kind of felt like we connected right away. Wow. Well, we, uh, like I said, it's crazy because we met, you know, post you filming and it was just all in post production. Mm -hmm. And then I found out about him like, what the heck? I'm like, dude, I can't wait to go see this movie. And I was just (laughs) in your corner and, and we, I even shared with you a little bit of like a bucket list I have to be like on set at like, like my friend of you out there that can help make this happen. (laughs) My, one of my bucket list items is to be on set as like you said, like a just driving a golf cart, giving people coffee orders. Like, I don't care what it is of like a movie that I'm going to love when it comes out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like to be on set of like a big time movie and just like, whatever, that would be so sick. And something about 
I've been on one movie set in my life and something about it is really inspiring to me, even though I don't like have a massive ins- uh, aspiration to be in the film industry. It's just really, which is why I've loved, I've eaten up all our conversations and right. the stuff that you're planning and dreaming up for the future. I'm pumped about right. anyways. Um, we were, uh, you were telling me about when it came, when it was going to come out and different stuff. And that was kind of, we weren't even sure exactly. Mm. Um, and so we actually got to experience a really cool thing together. It came out and the day it came out, you saw it with a bunch of people mm. and I wish I could have been there, yeah, I but I was on the road. It was yeah. such a bummer. I was on tour. And so when so I came back into disappointed. town, yeah, I know, I know, I know. So when I came disappointed. back into town, we had a really cool highlight for me mm. where I was like, dude, I'm in town. I might go see it Monday or Tuesday. Let me know if you're free. And yeah. I didn't hear back from you because you're a big famous red carpet actor. <laughs> and I was Stop. like, whatever, if you get back to me. And then you're like, dude, I'm free Tuesday. You want to go? So you and me went to the theater in Woodbury that I'd gone to yeah. the past like eight right. years of yep. living there for all different types of big feature films. Yeah. And we walk in and there is your movie like right there. And yeah. people are like recognizing you in the lobby and like, and different yeah. stuff. That was a really special. Cause we me. bumped into people from my high school. Yeah. Right. Who oh, were wow. there to see you in, in you the movie, see, which see, I hadn't like, seen in years and years and years and years. We hadn't reached out. We hadn't talked. And then we bump into them. I'm like, Oh my goodness. And you're here for, yeah. My movie, Sat that's next insane. To us. Yeah, we all watched it together. <laughs> yeah. What a crazy thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was just so fun. And mm. I remember, <laughs> I, such a, I don't know if many people have had this experience. It was my first time. And it was like a really good moment. And I'd be like, oh, you delivered that well. Or like, oh. your hair looks great. This <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not commenting to my friend about the actor. I'm commenting to my friend, the actor, right. about right. things that right. I'm noticing. Right. It was a really cool moment. And mm. without getting into all the details, because we could talk about it for a long time. Mm. You, you leaned over to the guy next to us who was an older gentleman. You're like, do you enjoy the film? He's like, yeah. what the heck? That was like, the best moment. That was the best moment because yeah. they had no idea the entire time we were watching the film that they were sitting next to... He was literally sitting next to you. The lead actor. Yeah. And what's funny is that as the end credits... They roll and like the screen goes black. The lights come on. I stand up and I just immediately turn. I'm like, hey, so what do you think? And I shake my hand. Yeah, shake. what do you think? And they're just me? staring at me like they're shaking my hand and they're just staring. Their jaws because then they're processing the fact that <laughs> yeah. they were sitting next to you the whole time. Right. And you're like, right. Which is such a weird <laughs> dynamic. And we had a lot of cool. We won't get into all of it. We had a lot of cool conversations with people that were there for the movie right. and mm-hmm. a lot of people who were passionate about the the themes of the movie that came right. to support the movie and we're honored to get to meet you and yeah. talk about it. It was really, it was oh, a cool. It was beautiful. We're talking for like yeah. two and a half hours with people yeah. after the film. We were. It was a late night. It was a good time. Um, talk to us a little bit about, um, you were able to be a part of a red carpet premiere right. for this mm-hmm. and that was, was in DC. It was in Washington. Give us kind of a yeah. quick version of what that looked like. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, like we, we were worried that this film wasn't going to be, you know, released at all into theaters. That's right. And mm-hmm. so there was concern because of the elements of pro-life material yep. that it was probably going to just be something that went straight to streaming mm-hmm. and it wasn't going to be making the money back mm-hmm. that it needed to um, to pay off the people that mm-hmm. uh, helped support it. Mm-hmm. Um, thank the Lord. Uh, Fathom, which is a group that came, they 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 came and supported it and they, they pick up projects that are kind of in in need of distribution that aren't kind of getting the recognition because Sony originally was going to back up this project and immediately they found out that there's a small element of you know pro-life material they immediately just backed out they backed out so they've done every other film I think besides uh, Facing the I don't know they might have done Facing the Giants so they'd done other Kendrick Brothers they had done most I would say because I'm not sure specifically which ones but they'd done most of the other Kendrick Brothers films and then they hear in this one that there's like a small element and it's not even 
technically a pro-life film it's a pro-adoption story mm-hmm. that has elements of pro-life in it yeah they saw definitely. that and just were like no yeah we're not interested Crazy. same went for universal Lionsgate. all these wow. companies were just like no we're not interested yeah. i mean i remember alex reaching out to me and being like yeah man i i the universal wanted to see clips so i sent them clips and they're like actually we want to see a full movie so they made a draft of the full movie they said they didn't like it and so they were back to square one. And I remember mm. they went through so many edits mm. just so it could be like remotely usable. Mm. That's to tough. Submit to mm-hmm. distribution companies and stuff like that. And How do you not compromise your message? But right. that's so tough. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like they had to, not because they wanted to, but because they had to in order to mm-hmm. get the the message or get the yeah, movie right. out it's there. Like, yeah, right. It's tough. Um, and so that's why I'm just super glad that Fathom came in and they, they, they swooped in and saved the day. And they, mm-hmm. it's amazing. They, yeah, help distribute it to um, more than fifteen hundred theaters nationwide, Dang. which is That's in the big. past the the Kendrick's films don't surpass uh, twelve hundred theaters. Wow! So this is That's the first big. time it's gone over fifteen hundred theaters, and it's even gone outside the U.S., mm-hmm. Canada. It went to Australia at one point. Wow! Um, I think in New Zealand. So like, there's just all these places that are getting to see Life Mark mm. that um, normally wouldn't at this rate. So yeah. So I remember. Um, hearing that it was going to hit theaters and they were like, yeah, we're actually going to have a premiere. It's going to be in Washington DC, um, at the, the Bible museum. Mm. And I was just so floored and excited. And it was, it was a first for me. I'd never been to, you know, that kind of premiere. I mean, I've been to like the, uh, the five sixteen film festival through university of Northwestern okay. here in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, nothing to the caliber, nothing to the caliber sure. of, uh, a, a huge major motion picture yeah, right, premiere. Right. And it, it was, it was kind of like you show up. All right. You're going to go and sign some posters. After you sign some posters, you're going to go back to your room. You're going to get into your, your nice attire. Wow. And then, um, then we're going to dr- get you into a, uh, we're going to get you into a shuttle. We're going to take you to the museum. Dang. You're going to be ushered inside and then we're going to take you through the press. You're going to do all these interviews <laughs> and you're just going to have to, you're going to be ready. And I'm like, Oh, oh, here we go. We're just doing it. <laughs> just yep. answering questions. Just answering questions. It was kind of like, all right, and go. And so, wow. yeah, we, we go in, we answer questions. Crazy. Uh, we talk to people and it was a really great time. It was great. It was, you know, the, the adrenaline was definitely rushing the entire wow. time. Um, but it was, it was a, it was a mix of adrenaline, just excitement because I get, uh, I got to talk about something I was passionate about with a lot of people that were, uh, there wondering, you know, what the film was even about mm-hmm. and wondering about, you know, my character and stuff. And so I got to talk to many people. Um, and then we went in and got to see the movie. I never seen it. You know, they had done other screenings oh, that wow. some of my fellow castmates hadn't been able to That's go crazy. to, but I had not been to, uh, any other premieres. And so uh, I got to see it for the first time and I was completely floored and my jaw was dropped. Mm. That's crazy, you know, actually. I, um, yeah. And so it was just an honor and just a pleasure to be there. And then mm-hmm. they had us come on stage afterwards and just uh, thank us and kind of give a little bit of like a, a testimony of what our time was like on, on set and just a moment that we, you know, kind of remembered. So it was just a really sweet time and it was it was really great for fellowship and like meeting people and it it was very formal and very informal at the same time because it wasn't like, you know, we were these, you know, snobby A-list celebrities who, you know, we get back in our limo the moment the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the premieres over to our, our little after party. It was like, mm-hmm. no, we're going to hang out with everybody that's here mm-hmm. in fellowship and pr- pray with, I got to pray with multiple mm. people. 
um, people who were uh, adopted and part of like Students for Life. I got to pray with them and bless them. And people walked away um, more encouraged than when they showed up. Yeah, for sure. That'd be huge for somebody. I I think of some some relationship and worship is life dynamics as we're as I'm listening to your story and it's cool because not only were you part of uh, a faith based film, which is great, like you know Christian industry filmmaking, but also it's like you're talking about how you were you know on the phone an interview with people you'd looked up to different stuff right. and you were you decided to take the approach of like yeah here's like I'm open handed I'm giving this to god right. and even if it's only this kind of a role or if it's and I love that like yeah it's like how do I how do I explain what I'm thinking it wasn't just a faith based film but you you handled the whole thing from like a worship is life perspective mm-hmm. like lord let this if it's you great if not right. great and um I want to only be a part of this if it can point people to you and right. if I can be a part of that and moved by the story and right. it's really cool yeah. yeah yeah and what I love about this so much is you know one of our major insights and foundational statements is we worship God best when we love others making mm-hmm. that relational connection right. There and with this movie, uh, you know, being about an adoption, which is just one of the greatest acts of love right. you can do. Yeah. Um, and when I think adoption, I also think orphans, and I just love it. Makes me immediately think of the verse in James mm. one twenty seven that says, "Pure and undefiled religion." In other words, perfect religion before our God and Father is this, to care for orphans Mm. and widows in their distress. Mm -hmm. And in the Aramaic translation, it actually says, pure worship is to, (laughs) pure worship to our God is to take care of of the orphans and the widows. Which is relationship-based. Absolutely. And so... Yeah, so the so I just love the whole story, um, and but not only that, taking that a step further, um, you've got some personal stuff happening that goes right along with that too. So yeah. before we got on, you were telling us about your roommate and your grandma. Mm-hmm. So tell us those stories. Yeah, so uh, my roommate, uh, he actually, uh, we went to school together, went to high school together. Um, he was a senior when I was a, a sophomore, and we kind of just connected right away. We both. There was just kind of something that we were drawn to in each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like a depth that I think we kind of both picked up on. And at the time, he wasn't a believer. In fact, he was a diehard atheist at the time. Who mm. He he would, ha- he would he, we talk about this even to this day, that he would kind of seek out people that were believers and he would try and like challenge them and make fun of them. Wow. Because he was so frustrated at what, the church has kind of done and what they've represented and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and so he was just really, really angry, but for some reason he, he was drawn to me and he just mm. had this like connection that he didn't understand at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, <clears throat> there was kind of a time when I left high school that I started really kind of connecting more, um, to Holy spirit and kind of finding what my faith was. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of, you know, in the season where God was really my main priority, um, and I wasn't as much focused on, you know, acting or filmmaking or stuff. It was really about, um, how can I make God my number one love and, uh, mm. let that be the the epicenter of my life and let so that good. be something that people see. Mm-hmm. So it's not just something that I, I say I'm going to do, but it's something that I live out every single day. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, he's still a diehard atheist. He still is like trying to challenge Christians trying to challenge me at some points. We had oh. debates and stuff like that. Um, and there was a point that he got to where he's like, dude, why are you, 
why are you like this? Mm. Why are you the way that you are? Um, and I, I told him, I said, bro, it's, I'm telling you, it's Jesus. You know, there's, there's no other way to obtain this kind of peace and this mm-hmm. love for others besides Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And he goes, he's kind of like beside himself because he's like, man, I just want what you have. Mm-hmm. But he, yeah, but he, right, wow. Yeah. And um, I remember we had a, a conversation on uh, FaceTime and uh, we were just talking a little bit more about what he had said. You know, I want what you have basically. And I was like, yeah, dude, this is the way. This is, this is, you know, his truth. This is what's going to bring life and redemption into your life. Um, <clears throat> this is what's going to bring... Um, yeah, this is what's going to bring prosperity, um, to your soul. And he basically was like, I think I, I, I think I started praying for him because he was wanting to kind of understand Christ a little bit better. So I remember I started praying and then he kind of froze and it was almost like he like hunched over and I couldn't see him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, you good? And he was silent for like 15 seconds. I'm like, what is going on here? Mm. And then he starts kind of like shaking a little bit. He, mm. he doesn't really know what to do. And he's like, bro, I, d- I don't know what's happening right now. And then he's still kind of silent. And then he's like, bro, he's here right now. Mm. I remember I'm just saying he's here right now. And then he starts what? like crying and stuff wow. like that. And he's like, bro, I want to, I want to know God. I want to be a believer mm. and stuff. What and the so heck? I remember mm. immediately the next day we went to, uh, we went to Jerry's, which is a grocery store that we used to frequent because <laughs> they had this little cafe area where all mm-hmm, the, yeah. the high schoolers go and hang out and study. And, and, um, so we went and, uh, I led him through, uh, the, uh, the prayer, the Lord's prayer. Wow. And, you know, the, he came to Christ that day, became a believer. Uh, he repented for crazy. past sins and stuff like it's that. Amazing. And he's now, uh, walking with Christ. And mm. what's crazy is that, um, he he really did come from a really dark background and he he lost his mom when he was 2 years old mm. um just really brutal murder um mm. she wow. yeah she passed away in a really horrible way um so he, immediately he doesn't have a mom his dad just kind of been in and out of his life um yeah just his parents just they weren't there um and so he was you know in and out of different homes from his is living with his grandparents and living with his aunt and uncle, living mm. with his grandma. Mm. And so he had kind of been an orphan his whole life. And yeah. so he never really had an example of what are good, moral, godly parents. What is it, what is an example of that? And how can I look after that? And so he's kind of raised himself. Mm. Um, and uh, so to see him not only come to Christ, but to pick himself up and put himself in a position of, I'm going to make Christ my number one priority and live that out to this day is beyond phenomenal. And I mm-hmm. see him just, he's exceeding those um, expectations and he's doing phenomenal. He's in, he's actually in the, the national guard wow. and he's just, he started a Bible study there. Like mm. he's, he's on the move. That's like he's great. a, he's a Christian powerhouse and I'm just That's so, so proud of him. And I get to, you know, check in with him and hang out with him every day. And he's making great advances in the kingdom. Yeah. So. And then you also cared for your grandmother as a right, widow, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, and that was throughout um, my high school, my high school years mm. um, from, yeah, literally from like uh, ninth grade to um, well after my senior year, uh, we took care of my grandma because um, she was, I believe she was 93 at the time, either 90, 
92 turning 93 and uh she was living with my uncle in their house which they had lived in for 50 years mm. um and he had not left the house he was basically taking care of her mm. like his entire life oh my goodness um and so my, my grandpa had passed many years prior and so it was just them living in the home and the house needed to be renovated. It was from the fifties. You know, there was clutter. It was stuff was piling up and no one was doing anything about it. So, uh, me and my family had to go in and kind of, I mean, put ourselves in that situation. We moved in, we moved out of the apartment that we lived in, in St. Paul. We moved in with them. We took care of them. Um, and so my, my throughout high school, just my, my experience was a lot different than most high schoolers, which it was almost like I was like a PCA to my grandma. Um, um. My sister actually was a PCA um, and she was doing PSEO at the time. So mm-hmm. she actually had more time to kind of be there for my, my grandma while also doing school. But yeah, Ruth and I, we were both in, we were both in high school and taking care of our grandma and mm-hmm. stuff. And um, you know, she, was struggling with like a lot of like depression and she was in like the early stages of dementia. So there was a lot of like Mm -hmm. confusion and wondering why these people are doing what they're doing. Um, but really we were just coming from a place that we love this person so much that we want to, we want her to be in the best living conditions and stuff. So really the goal was just let's declutter this place, renovate it, sell it, put her in assisted living so we can move on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so we did all these things, put her in assisted living, and then uh, it she did start to become, um, over time, like just the, the dementia was getting worse, and it was uh, stuff that they couldn't treat at the uh, at the assisted living. So we had to move her back in with us mm, uh, at wow. the, the new apartments that we were staying in, um, caring for her every day. We would still take her to like a daycare, um, like a elderly home daycare mm-hmm. where they you know, they have games and entertainment and stuff just to kind of like keep the, the, the elderly people busy and stuff. Um, but she, yeah, she lived to be 95. Um, mm-hmm. and she was, you know, still smiling and rejoicing and praising the Lord every day. Mm-hmm. But, uh, she had been through some really hard stuff, including just, you know, losing her husband and kind of, you know, not having all, all her family members kind of be there for her when she really needed them to be. Um, but you know, as you know, what Todd was just saying, which is, you know, we, we did have to implement, you know, the verse in James, which is we had to care for the widows and the the orphans. And in this case, she was a widow that couldn't go uncared for. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's, so yeah. So our best love, our best worship. Yeah. I love the motivation though, that you said in there, you're like, we really, the root of this was someone that we love that we want to care for. So we love God best when we love others and, and it's impossible to, like you said, with your, with your roommate situation, like to love well, love others well without, right. without loving God. Right. Right? And, and, I, so. and I think it's, it's easy to be like, it's easy to say, I love you. And it's easy to be like, oh my gosh, I have such a heart for you. And I, I, I want to press into you. It's a, it's another thing to step into actually doing it mm-hmm. and showing that you love that person. Yeah. The cause I, yeah. Cause I could say that, you know, to my roommate who wasn't a believer, Hey bro, love you. Take it easy. Hope life mm-hmm. is well. I could, show it in another way in actually doing the things that mm-hmm. a believer does mm-hmm. in bringing a person closer to Christ yeah. and loving on them with compassion. Um, because we've been, you know, we've been shown that exact same compassion. Yeah. Big time. It's amazing. Amen. Well, it's been so fun having you on this mm-hmm. episode, Raphael. Mm-hmm. And before we leave, um, we like to bring on, Oh wait, uh, sorry. One last question. Yes. So 
for people I'll to see the life on the phone movie. here then i'll just so keep people, them on the phone yeah thank you yeah so for people to see the life mark movie uh now if they haven't seen it mm. is the only option just to wait for the dvd to come out basically at this point or are there actually other options? actually that's a wonderful question thank mm. you for asking so in a couple weeks i think it's 18 days from now wow. the the streaming for life mark is going to happen on the 22nd on pure Flix. Wow. Okay. So that Amazing. will be coming out, and then the DVD will be coming out uh, December 13th. Oh, okay. So, DVD, so that's not far away either. DVD and Blu-ray, December 13th. Crazy. That's cool. And uh, streaming is uh, in a couple weeks. And I also, we didn't talk about this. We'll just take a quick 30 seconds here. Other movies like that you want to talk about really quick. Yeah, so really quick, uh, you mentioned that. You, did you actually see it? Did you actually go watch it on Amazon? Uh, I haven't yet. Okay. I need to. We're going to watch it. We just talked about it like two days ago. We're I still have it. to, yeah. So running the bases, right? <laughs> running running the, bases, the bases, which was a movie I did directly after Life Mark. Um, it was shot in Harrison, Arkansas. Um, literally just a few weeks after we shot Life Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the same people were in Life Mark that were in this movie. And what's what's funny is that this film was planned to be released before Life Mark because they were super worried that it was going to be the copycat film of Life Mark because mm-hmm. there were so many um, people that were in Life Mark that were in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of a coincidence that it was released a week after Life Mark was released. Like mm-hmm. a complete coincidence. It wasn't mm-hmm. like they timed it out. It was just a complete coincidence. And so Running the Bases is one of them. I play uh, uh, the younger version of the lead role played by Brett Varvel, who was also in American Underdog, which is a movie that we actually went and saw. Yeah, we did. Um, Into the Spotlight is another movie that is coming out pretty soon. There's distribution that are um, they're slowly showing interest in the film. Mm-hmm. Camp Hideout. Um, is another one mm-hmm. and uh, yeah just a couple other projects that are yeah unnamed as of right now but yeah, right, right, right. no yeah and some fun some fun actors and actresses that people would recognize from yes from Disney Channel shows and stuff yep. like that that you got to work with yeah. so that's exciting yeah, well uh, before we wrap up our podcast I've had um, our honorary member anxiously waiting on the phone here and he would mm-hmm. like to meet you if that's is that all right with you I, I, I I mean, I sure. So Billy, <laughs> I guess. So Billy Bob McCall, you're on with Raphael Ruggiero. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm on with the red carpet Hollywood star Raphael Ruggiero. Uh, yeah, yes. Hi. Yeah, it's it's me. <laughs> I'm a little starstruck right now. Oh, that one, that's totally cool. <laughs> I'm a little starstruck right now. So just bear with me while I get my bearings. Oh my! I've never been on. Sure. With a world famous movie star. Oh. I'm so honored. So honored. So honored to be on the phone with you. I just, I just, I'm loving your movies. Oh, man. Um, my, my family, my kids, we all sit around. It's just, this is, this is wonderful, 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 wonderful. <laughs> now, let me just say right off the start, you know, that I know a thing or two about a thing or two. Okay. And for example, you know, I can't quite totally relate to the whole red carpet experience and the Hollywood fame. Sure. But I can relate with some things I know about your past that go a little further back. Like before you were the big movie star, I know you had a couple jobs that I can really relate to. Like, I love garbage. 
That's just you know okay. we just you know we live in a, in, a, in, a, in a part of the world where we just we value our garbage. And I know you worked you worked as a garbage man, right? Or as you'd like to say, a uh, sanitation uh, worker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was that all about? Did you love that? Was like well, was that like the best job you uh, ever had? I, well, it was it was uh, it was definitely uh, what kept food on the table and kept the bills. <laughs> well, that's paid. good too. Yeah. Because you can rummage through the garbage looking for food, uh, right? Uh, that's what we love to do. That's sure. what we love to do. Yep. No, yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Same page there. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then also, you like, you like, now, you know, up there where you guys live in Minnesota, you got like, what, a million lakes or whatever. And you got, and you, you used to install docks in the lakes. Now, down here, you know, you know, we install docks in swamps. Oh, you really? know, so, okay. you know, we're dealing with the moccasins and the alligators, you know, so when we're chest high in the water, you know, we, we, we got a few other things in our mind. So what sure. what do you got in your mind when you're chest high in the water putting those docks in? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's it's definitely a rush and uh, you definitely have to wear waders that go above your chest or else, you know, the water is going to seep in and that's definitely happened multiple times so like what what do you remember as like what was the coldest outdoor temperature you had to put some docks in oh man it had to have been 30 degrees oh, probably. oh man <laughs> around 30 degrees that's brutal. does it even get that cold down near you billy bob now nah, wouldn't live anywhere. <laughs> what kind of idiot would live anywhere where it gets that cold? But let's get in the water and put it in. Tra- and then, and, and I mean, those lakes up there. I mean, you got you got some big monster fish in those lakes, mm, right? You ever do. get nervous about those big chompers you know, swimming around your ankles? Oh sure, oh sure. I mean, we got you know pike and muskie and all those things yeah, with those big nasty. teeth. Yeah, nasty. so not it's... like an alligator like we deal with, but you know, not like uh, a moccasin like we deal with. But sh- sure, you know, okay. we're still. Well, man, that that's awesome. I'm just like you. I, I'm so glad you're like one of us common folk. You're just like one of us, <laughs> I man. Am, I and am. Billy Bob, for those that haven't seen Life Mark yet, there's some fun fishing references in there. That's ah, all I'm going to say. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Well, we're going to be getting the DVD as soon as it comes out. I mean, it might take us a while to save up the money, but we're going to get it. Oh, awesome. We're going to get it so we can watch it, you know, once, twice, three times a year. <laughs> well, congratulations. It again, it's been my honor to talk to you, Mr. J. Oh, Billy Bob, it was my honor to talk to you thanks billy bob we appreciate you and uh rafael thanks so much for joining us today yeah, it's man, just cool to awesome hear your story, story awesome. and your heart behind it and we're excited and believing for you in your corner for whatever the future holds right, thank you guys so much yeah man we'll talk to you later Well, we're so glad you joined us today on the podcast. We hope you loved the interview with Raphael. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, make sure you do what you got to do to check out LifeMark. And as usual, you can check out the links in our description. My name is Rafael Ruggiero, and you're listening to the Worship is Life podcast.